You're listening to the Watched It in the 80s podcast. Damien. And I'm Tom. Welcome to the Watched It in the 80s podcast, a podcast where we talk about movies and television from that decade we know as the 80s. This episode is episode number three, and today my friend Tom and I are going to discuss the 1980s sports comedy Caddyshack, written by Brian Doyle Murray, Harold Ramis, and Douglas Kenny, directed by Harold Ramis and produced by Douglas Kenny. Tom, this is a classic, so I don't have to ask, but well, I guess I will. Why Caddyshack? Well, I mean, it's 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 a classic, but it's not only a classic. Uh, you know, in my opinion, it has one of the best ensemble casts uh, ever assembled for a comedy movie. Uh, and, and we're not just talking about star studded. I mean, just each actor was just perfectly cast for their role. Um, and, and, and at least on screen, they, they, they all really seem to work well together. Every, every character worked well. They were really acted, uh, perfectly. And the comedy is just spot on. Oh, for sure. hundred percent agree with that. This one is just one of those movies you got to put on. And no matter how many times you've seen it, you just laugh constantly at all the same parts. It's like um, some, some movies, some jokes get old. And, but this one, none of the jokes get old. It's just, no. they're funny every single time. Yes. And one-liners and quotes happen almost daily in conversations. With <laughs> um, before we go any further, I just wanted to go over our format quickly, uh, just so our listeners kind of know how things are going to unfold here. Uh, we start out by giving a brief plot synopsis of the film we're covering, as well as introduce the writers, directors, and main cast members sharing some of their credits up to the date of the film. Anything after that film could be touched upon during the rest of our podcast or in our Where Are They Now segment, which comes later. We'll mention the notable awards our topic may have won or noteworthy nominations. And we'll give our general thoughts and views of the film, followed by a back and forth discussion of our favorite scenes. We'll finish up that discussion with any other notes we might have, then share some of our favorite quotes as well. That's always fun. There's a take me back topic where myself and my guests each pick something from the movie that really says that's the 80s. Uh, there may not always be any, but we give it a try. Then it's the aforementioned where are they now segment where I'll let you know what some of those involved in the movie are up to nowadays. Uh, and then a fun segment easily turning into my favorite segment at the box office where we discuss our our pick uh, how our pick did the opening weekend and what may have beat it plus some other movies that were out at that time uh we do have a listener segment to share any listener feedback we get between podcasts and we'll also include how you can get in touch with us uh via social media and email at that time and then we'll close it out so that being said, let's get back to Caddyshack. Tom, I've been talking for a little bit. Uh, do you want to talk talk about the uh, plot summary synopsis? Sure. So uh, courtesy GZT on inter Internet Movie Database, uh, Danny Noonan is a young caddy at Bushwood Country Club who has no idea about where his future will lead. His best chance is getting his life back on track is to earn a caddy scholarship from Judge Smales, the owner of the country club. 
Al Chervik is a rude and overly eccentric millionaire who has interest in purchasing Bushwood. Judge Smales has a quick disliking towards Al, and soon there's conflict between the judge and Al, the judge and Danny, and even between Judge and Ty Webb, the charming golfer who is slowly helping Danny figure out his real goals. On the outside of this is Carl Spackler, the golf course groundskeeper, whose goal is to eliminate a rampaging gopher who is chewing up holes on the golf course. Yeah, don't forget about Carl and the gopher. That's a, Carl the <laughs> that's gopher. a major part. That's a real good synopsis. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Jesse T on IMDb. And, uh, you know, anytime you say Bushwood Country Club, I think of Ted Knight saying, Bushwood. <laughs> you have that raspy kind of Ted Knight voice. But uh, anywho, let's go on to cast notes. Uh, let's see. We mentioned this was directed by Harold Ramis, uh, who this is his first directing credit. Uh, he was a writer on Animal House, National Lampoon's Animal House, uh, Meatballs, and also SCTV. And he also acted on SCTV as well. Uh, I mentioned this is his first directing project. Uh, this uh, film also starred Chevy Chase's Ty Webb. He was an established comedian by this time, an original uh, Saturday Night Live, we'll just say SNL from here on out, cast member. Rodney Dangerfield is Al Chervik, uh, established stand-up act and a few movie and TV credits before Caddyshack. Ted Knight is Judge Smales. He had a hugely successful career, including the Mary Tyler Moore show, he played Ted Baxter and was a Golden Globe nominee twice and a primetime Emmy winner uh, and had multi-year nominations uh, for the Golden Globes, I believe. Oh, primetime Emmys, excuse me. Uh, he also did cartoon voice acting as well and then I think moved on to Too Close for Comfort after this. I do remember Too Close for Comfort. Uh, Michael O'Keefe as Danny Noonan, who was already an Oscar nominee for Best Supporting Actor in The Great Santini. Did you see that, Tom? I did not see that. I have no. not seen it nor heard of it, but he was an Oscar <laughs> nominee, which is pretty good for that age. Hey, he, um, especially going from Oscar nominee to Caddyshack. I mean, yes. <laughs> uh, let's see, Golden Globe nominee for New Star of the Year, also for the great Santini. Uh, Bill Murray. Uh, talk about Bill Murray is Carl Spackler, uh, SNL as well. Uh, then he made his way through the comedy circuit uh, up until this point, rather. Uh, Cindy Morgan as Lacey Underall. She only had one credit up until this point. And Scott Columby as Tony D'Annunzio. had did tons of television before that. Sarah Holcomb plays Maggie O'Hooligan. <laughs> A few <laughs> movies, including... She was also in Animal House, too. So maybe that's how Ramis, uh, I guess, knew her. Um, and Brian Doyle Murray as Lou Loomis. He had appeared on Saturday Night Live before this as well. So uh, all these people kind of knew each other uh, from, it seems like, either the National Lampoons or, or uh, Saturday Night Live. They, I think they all were in the comedy circuit together, New York, Chicago. Of course, um, Bill Murray. Brothers with Brian Doyle Murray? Yes. Half brothers or full brothers? Yes, as a, matter, as a matter of fact, um, as a matter of fact, the three Murray brothers appear in this film. Uh, John Murray is uncredited as a caddy so he's oh my gosh, the, the, really? the third the third murray in this movie yeah 
Oh wow! I did not know that. <laughs> so thanks for thanks for saying that. I'll have to. See I mean, I John didn't have a stellar career. But I think this it was this and uh, moving violations, and I think that was pretty much that was that pretty much encompasses his entire career. But, uh... <laughs> ah, but you know what? It's good enough. We can call it a family thing. There you go. <laughs> there we go. I think I think Bill's done enough for everybody. Unfortunately, we typically have awards. Unfortunately, uh, Caddyshack did not have any notable awards, so we have nothing to report there. Uh, let's go into our overall thoughts. So I'll go first here. Um, this is one of the funniest movies of all time and almost 40 years, actually it is 40 years, which is insane. 40 years later, it makes me laugh just as much. Um, some of the humor doesn't hold up as well, largely, largely thanks to Rodney Dangerfield and his stereotyping style of one-liners. But remembering at that time, he was an extremely successful stand-up comic you know, you kind of let that slide. Um, Ted Knight is hilarious with his mannerisms. I uh, was always a, a Ted Knight fan, um, even as a kid. Uh, and I would say the same with Chevy Chase as well. And Bill Murray's Carl Spackler is one of the is one of the best characters in comedy history. Everything mm. he says in this is highly quotable. Caddyshack had a, a little bit for everybody uh, with the ages of the cast so spread out, I think. And uh, we can't forget about the Danny Noonan story is also really the main focus with all these big name actors coming in, comedic actors, you know, and then uh, we got to focus on uh, Michael O'Keefe's character of, of Danny Noonan for the most part. How about you, Tom? What do you think about this? Yeah, uh, and uh, you kind of mentioned it. I mean, the movie is just laugh out loud funny all the way through. I mean, there's just I don't think there's any lull in the movie. It's just it's just nonstop. And they've got so many different stories going on i mean we talk you talked about you know the, the danny noonan story is primarily what we're you know what the, the movie's about but um you've got the whole you know judge versus Chervik conflict you got uh caddies versus caddies where you know uh there's the, the little tension there between uh the nuncio or and uh and noonan and and you know there's a the, the fight and um, then you've got Spackler versus the Gopher, and then you've got the the Danny and Maggie pregnancy scare, and all all of that. And then the, there's even little smaller, you know, little little vignettes, you know, you know that, that that are sprinkled throughout the movie. That it's just a uh, it's amazing, and then and then they all just tie, kind of tie that all together, and it's one and it's one cohesive story. Uh, it's just it's just amazing. Uh, the, the the writing and and everything on this was was just a, a phenomenal oh for real yeah for this being um you know while harold ramus has done you know we said he did some writing before this and worked with kinney and uh, uh brian doyle murray they just did a fantastic job you know coming up with these characters and you know the actors they brought in to do it it, it was just absolutely insane it's, this is a hard yeah. comedy to follow uh and <laughs> i think well we know it did spawn a sequel later on which didn't do near as well but yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but just i think other movies really tried to compare to caddyshack going forward and and i don't know this is like lightning in a bottle here for the most part but yeah ramus did a phenomenal job uh the directing of it and just you know like i mentioned before why i liked it the mannerisms just you need that little bit of physical comedy and each one ted knight chevy chase mm -hmm. and um for Rodney Dangerfield, each have their own little quirks and physical quirks. So it's not just the lines they pitch, it's how they pitch it. And it's just, it's, it's just, it's fantastic. And that being said, I think we're going to move on to favorite scenes now. All right, if I go first, Tom? Absolutely, go ahead. All right, well, you can easily pick like every scene in this <laughs> for a favorite <laughs> scene. I mean, I had, a, I, I kind of had a hard time 
uh, some of them, even the smaller ones were, were kind of to note about. But uh, I'm going to start off with um, uh, when we first meet Al Cervik, uh, his arrival to the golf course, and also when, also when we see him actually start playing golf. You know, he shows up, fancy Rolls Royce. We've actually heard before this, we heard of him when Smales was talking to the groundskeeper about the construction. I think we got a glimpse of the sign that said Cervik excuse me, Chervik construction. So when we finally meet him and, you know, he rolls up in his, in his Rolls Royce and he's dressed, let's say he's dressed, he's a little, you know, eccentric, <laughs> you know, dressed kind of gaudy, I would say. I mean, everybody at the country club is styling with their polos and khakis and whatnot. But uh, so he comes into the shop first thing and just starts like, you know, saying, oh, I'm here with Mr. Wang, you know, my friend, we're going to go ahead. I'm going to buy all this stuff for him and, and including uh, the naked lady tees. He orders a box of them and um, but orders like all these clothes and whatnot for his friend. So you can tell, OK, this guy's loaded. And when he introduces himself as Chervik, I guess we're supposed to put together who he is. So here he is. He's the construction site uh, owner or the construct, I guess, I don't know, not foreman, you know what I mean, he owns a construction company. And so that's his construction site over there. So we already know that Smales is unhappy with him before they even meet. And then when they finally go um, golfing, you know, he's behind Smales and, and uh, starts like, picking on him you know right away so i'll come oh, i bet you slice your shot <laughs> you know i bet you 100 bucks you slice and he's like i never slice and he slices <laughs> and then you know later on a couple holes down we see oh he's got that that crazy golf bag <laughs> with the remote control oh, the jettisons yes. the clubs uh we find out it has a stereo and he starts blasting one of my favorite journey songs of all time yes anyway you want it <laughs> Um, and everyone starts dancing and it's just, it just keeps getting, he keeps getting under Smales' skin time and time again. So this whole, this whole scene, this whole time, it's just building like, okay, Smales can't stand this guy. He can't stand this guy. And then like, oh, you know what? I think I missed that. He, uh, he actually hit him, hit him in the, uh, in the personals <laughs> with a ball too. I think yeah. it was like the first ball he hit, he yells for, I, sh I should have said two, <laughs> but, um, hits him with that so he's upset about that and then at the very end you know he he bets him again a lot of gambling in this movie i think every one of our topics touches upon gambling i think but um <laughs> he bets him again i think this time like a thousand bucks that he can't make the last putt and of course smales misses and it cracks under the pressure and then smales heaves his uh heaves his club into the uh the clubhouse uh or uh, you know lunch what do you call it dining area whatnot and uh, takes out a woman <laughs> so um the whole uh, anyway so that'd probably be my first scene that i picked or first multiple scenes where we get to meet al and it really builds up uh the tension and why these two guys really i don't think al has that big of a problem with smales um you know because he just feels like he's better than him anyway and he can buy his cl country club and whatnot <laughs> yeah. so um he really doesn't think much of smales whatsoever but i uh, you know it's definitely i think the hatred part is one one-sided but yeah, I think, uh, you know, just 10 minutes there and we've, uh, is just enough to establish the dislike of Smales towards, uh, Chervik. So I'd probably say that's like my, uh, my first favorite scene. Uh, anything you want to say about that or did you want to move on? Oh, no. I mean, that's just, there, there's just, there's so much going on in that, uh, with, you know, Chervik coming in behind Smales on that first round and, uh, the, the dance party, I, I'll, talk about you know we'll kind of segue into this but uh the dance party on the fairway uh, that's part of that that whole uh kind of intro piece is <laughs> that's one of my favorite scenes uh you know the, the 
poor Denunzios is carrying Cervix's bag and just uh, you know struggling with this thing. I mean, this bag is overly huge. Mm-hmm. You know, again, it's as gaudy as he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Were and, they you the know, color? Because I think Cervix is Polish. Were they the? the color like flag of Poland. it looked like the colors were like the colors of a flag yeah but there was like some yeah it almost looked like it matched his sweater that he comes in with (laughs) you know i think that's yeah um (laughs) but they're walking down the fairway and 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 denunzio's like what do you got in this thing rocks and no yeah trivet goes into the hole you know i carried bags of ice up five flights of stairs and Mm. all this stuff and uh and then, uh, then, then he breaks open the, the the stereo in the bag, which is just so classic. Um, I mean, I think having seen that, you know, and 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 being a golfer myself, I've always wanted the bag stereo system. That that's that's just that's great. I think we see a little <laughs> bit, we see a little bit later it has a TV too. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh oh, and 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 the bag phone. Uh, there's actually yeah. he has he has the phone in there too. So I mean, he's got everything going on in that bag. Dude. But yeah, just kind of everybody breaks out into a dance party on the fairway. It's just yeah, everybody was uh, dancing just, except for Smells's party. <laughs> and well, and it's funny because and and uh, Denunzio or it was you know kind of like he, he put the bag down and kind of collapsed. And everybody else is dancing. Even uh, even Wang is dancing in the background too. <laughs> Yeah, oh, but yeah, cool. that's um, that's just, I I love that, and then again, yeah, yeah, one of my favorite Journey songs as well. Just you know, and that's just a riot. Yeah. Uh, oh gosh, I love yeah, I love that it was that song, and at that moment, I forgot it was that song when I was watching it, and he started. Yeah. Music, I was like, <laughs> oh sweet, I wanted to get up and dance too. <laughs> uh, so is that that good for that? You actually, so you segued into one of your uh, yeah, then huh? yeah, because that was the dance party in the fairway. Yeah, that's cool. All right, so I'll go. I'll go next then. Pool. We gotta talk about the pool. Uh, it's pool day for the caddies. <laughs> a whole whopping fifteen minutes of fun. The caddies get the pool from one to one fifteen that day. <laughs> day for the caddies who are sweating all summer, and they actually. They actually get that little bit of pool time, and the, we see the fun and chaos ensues. And depending how you watched it, which when I was younger, Tom and I were talking about this a little bit before before we started. When I watched this, you know, younger, watched it on TV, totally edited. There was no drug use, <laughs> no language. I don't think there was a lot of language in this, maybe a little. Um, but uh, you know, no nudity, there was none of that. So watching this unedited on the DVD, you know, wow, there was a lot of stuff that they cut, had to cut out of this, but, uh, anyway, depending on how you watch it, uh, there was nudity in the pool scene. Some of the, uh, yes, yeah, so there was some, uh, topless stuff going on and I think somebody got, uh, detrunked, <laughs> I think too. Uh, and then, you know, Lacey, uh, Lacey Underall comes in and she's of course you know drop dead gorgeous and all the guys stop and look at her and she just dives into the pool in the middle of this gets every guy's attention and then synchronized swimming breaks out (laughs) as well which that pretty much that added to the humor quite a bit then after that lifeguard stand gets pushed over and i'm pretty sure uh, those caddies would get fired for doing that. But anyway, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Let's suspend disbelief right now. Well, which uh, is funny that you mentioned that because because um, Loomis is uh, uh, kind of threatens them at the very beginning of the movie already with getting fired and getting replaced by by golf carts. Yeah, I know. So it's like that. Then they do all that at the party at the pool. It's like I guess, really, yeah, I don't know, this is a cool party for them is like anything goes. It's not just normal. <laughs> it's not just normal like 
you know, a day at the pool or an hour at the pool. It's like 15 minutes. We got to vent and get everything out. And they just totally lose their mind practically. But, um, and then, um, but the last part of that and probably, you know, the most, one of the more famous scenes in the movie, I guess, is the baby Ruth incident. Uh, (laughs) The poor girl was sitting at the edge of the pool and she was willing to share her baby Ruth. She would share it with those two other kids she was sitting beside, (laughs) Caddy she was sitting beside. But the one girl takes it and tosses it in the pool where it's quickly mistaken for duty. (laughs) And everybody (laughs) leaves to semi-Jaws music as we see, (laughs) as we follow the duty as it floats and chases everybody out of the pool. And uh, the it almost, uh, what's his name? Spalding almost runs into it and he's the last one to get out of the pool. And then, uh, of course, the scene ends. <laughs> Carl is drained. Carl has been there and he's drained the pool with a squeegee. And he picks it up and says, what? It's no big deal. And takes a chomp out <laughs> of it. And Mrs. Uh, uh, Mrs. Smales, um, she faints. <laughs> but, um, oh, my gosh, that whole thing is just, it's totally classic, totally funny. And they pack so much. And again, like a little, it wasn't even 10 minutes, I think. It was just like five, five or seven minutes this scene and they just jam so much in here and it just for it ending with we get a little carl spillover who by this time he's pretty much just on gopher duty i think you know we're, we're not getting much carl interaction at this point in the movie with uh with everybody else but uh carl's there doing some other uh doing some other uh, work that the gra- assistant groundskeeper has to do and uh of course just wants a little bit of a snack of a baby ruth <laughs> but everybody thinks it's, it's duty so um <laughs> Uh, you got any input for that, Tom? Yeah, that's just there's so much packed into that, so much packed, and 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 I think that's if you've even if you've never seen Caddyshack, you're familiar with the Baby Ruth. I think that's that's almost become iconic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the the Baby Ruth in the pool. That's just a, just an iconic moment. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Just the way everybody panics and <laughs> just <laughs> oh my and with gosh. that with that Jaws esque music. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And, I forgot and about the, the music uh, too. Yeah. The Jaws esque uh, camera angles mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it's just yeah. There's just that. That's just amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's about that. I think we're ready to move on to your next one. What do you got next? Yeah, I would say one of my my favorite scenes after. Um, after the dance party on the fairway, the bishop's perfect round. It's another one of those little, just those little spot things that they that they threw in there. But it's just it's just classic. Um, you know, the bishop wants to get get a round in real quick. There's some there's some weather coming in. They warn they warn the bishop. None of the other caddies are around, so uh, the bishop grabs uh, Spackler uh, to be his caddy for his for his round. And they go out, and the bishop's just I mean, the bishop is hitting the ball. And it's just he's just having this this miraculous round, we'll say. And uh, you know the, the the real you know weather starts coming in, and you know they're kind of warned off the off the golf course. But uh, you know the bishop's like, but I'm having this perfect round. I don't want to stop. And you know the Lord wouldn't want me. I love that. Like the Lord wouldn't want me to f- stop now. And and Spackler's like, well, yeah, I don't think the really heavy stuffs, you know. And it's pouring down rain. And Spackler's like, yeah, I don't think the really heavy stuffs coming for quite a while. Uh, and then you just go through, and it's like just the the like monsoons and they're playing and everything is you know soaking wet. The ball is you know drip you know splashes when it hits and 
there's like a you know the ball goes into the into the cup and the frog jumps out yeah. and, you know it's just <laughs> it's just phenomenal and then you know he's having this great round and then he gets to the last hole and he's got this one putt to make and he takes the putt and misses the putt and just <laughs> throws his hands up in the air yells rat fart and gets struck by lightning it's <laughs> just awesome and then spackler just kind of like drops the bag and runs mm-hmm. it just leaves the bishops bishops just left on the on the green yeah. <laughs> i mean it's just it was just one of those little stories that they threw in there and and it just uh there's a payoff later in the movie too when the the bishop's sitting there and he's like heavily drinking and and uh, is is clearly just you know completely falling apart and 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 finally makes his his proclamation there is no god and <laughs> yeah i had forgotten I, I don't know why i thought i didn't know if that had like you know killed the bishop or something i forgotten that we had saw him again but for either way whether you think like oh it killed him or whatnot i mean i guess you can get hit by lightning and not die i suppose so it depends on, yeah. the, it depends I mean... on the severity of the strike but <laughs> yeah but you're right we do see him later and I, I almost made you know that one of my scenes too later when they're all sitting in the lounge or whatnot and then that's when they come up with the uh the wager but um yeah like you said the bishop is <laughs> he's all he's all like unshaven in that scene oh I yeah mean, his hair is roughy, like oh, he's drinking yeah. saying yes. like ah i haven't had enough and smells it's like yes you have <laughs> um no but oh my gosh you said what uh uh spackler Car- what carl said about yeah. the, oh i don't think the heavy just coming out quite a while my family that's like i talk about you can quote this like every day in life anytime it's raining my family brothers sisters you know my my dad you used to say it like we would say make that line anytime it starts raining it's like i don't think the heavy stuff's coming down for quite a while <laughs> and it's funny that monsoon yeah they're one clip they're walking and it's like the, the rain's going sideways <laughs> you know yeah. and they're like carl's holding on to his hat and everything and the bishop's poncho is like flying sideways but it's almost like a storm of biblical proportions yeah i think they intentionally i think ramus intentionally wanted it like that let's have like a, a really heavy storm <laughs> you know but no man that was good that yeah i like that one too that was a good one like you said that was probably one of those little vignettes you were talking about just let's squeeze this in for a little extra humor uh do you, do you have any more on that or are you good? nothing more on that one yeah good to move on all right yep. uh so this is my last favorite scene here um we typically do three and then we go into some other notes just to let listeners know so my number three i'm gonna jump because i wanted to make sure we talked about this the explosive finale uh so i'm jumping all the way to the end of the movie here um danny ends up even though he's built that tight relationship uh with ty uh, he ends up being Smell's caddy because, uh, you know, he doesn't at this point, you know, he's still trying to get the scholarship. So he doesn't want to go against Smell's at all. So um, Smell says, you know, Danny, you're caddying for me. So Danny does it. Then we turn out too that Smell's is actually cheating again. But so Al, Al Chervik has a horrible front nine. At least I think it's the front nine. Tom, you said you're a golfer. So when they're sitting down for a break like that, I'm typically meaning they're halfway through, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So the front nine, he has a horrible front nine. And I didn't think about this. I was reading. I forget what I was reading. I was reading a lot when it came to this. But, you know, Chevy Chase plays bad, too. You know, Ty Webster's playing (laughs) bad. 
And uh, when I was reading, looking up something else, somebody mentioned, oh, he slammed his finger in the door and that's why he's playing bad. And I'm like, oh, I just thought they did that for comedy reasons. Like I thought, because there was so much improv in this, right? I, I, I heard these guys went off script and everything like that. And I thought that was just something Chevy Chase added in. It wouldn't be funny if I pinched my finger in this door. But if you then when I heard, once I read that, I was like, oh my gosh. Okay, that actually makes sense why Ty is playing bad. Because I just think golfers they could be good. They could be bad. Like in any sport, you know, you have a good day, you have a bad day. And I just thought Ty was having a bad day. But then when I read that, I was like, Oh, okay. So that's why Ty was so bad. And they were kind of, Al was bad and Ty was kind of struggling as well. So, <laughs> but, um, so, uh, he gets, uh, Danny to take his place. That's how Danny starts playing after Al gets, Al gets hurt, hits a ball. Well, is he really hurt? I don't think so. But <laughs> well, the ball yeah. bounces off, uh, bounces off the little ball washer and hits him in the oh my arm. Another one my family quotes a lot. Um, I'm telling you, my quote quote section could have been this movie, uh, or you know, we just could have done quotes of Caddyshack. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, so um, you know, Danny takes over for the back nine. It is here, and all this time we're seeing Carl like put the plastic explosives throughout the course. And the last hole, it comes down to Danny sinking one putt for everything. He falls short, and then the explosions go off to the 18-12 overture, uh, which is, you know, fantastic as well. Fantastic directing and, and writing to decide that. Uh, and then finally, the ball goes in. While Brian Doyle Murray, who we haven't mentioned, he is the – he's not head caddy. He's in charge of the he caddies. Runs the caddy shack. Runs yeah, the caddy I shack. I don't know if he yeah. has an official term, official uh, title, but – um, he's there as he's the referee for this and he's there watching the ball every second. So we see him staring at the ball. And then when the ball goes in, it's actually from the inside the hole, <laughs> which I think is an awesome <laughs> shot. Um, and it goes in and it's, you know, Danny, it's just a great celebration for, you know, great times for Danny and, uh, you know, everybody's cheering, hugging him. They go to the clubhouse or whatnot. And it's just a great ending for the movie. Now I did see there's some online debate of you know did danny actually win was this a tie and then the terms of the bet were changed before when uh rodney dangerfield said double or nothing he makes it for 80 grand so i don't know if that means the first bet is off because typically if you say double or nothing you already lose so i don't know i don't know if you have input <laughs> on that tom but um I never really think too much into it because I always thought it's, you know, it's a movie and it's a great way to end a movie. But, you know, technically, you know, the referee, Brian Doyle Murray's character actually did say Lou Loomis. There we go. Lou Lou Loomis Loomis actually said we're all even. And then if you watch, it was like, you know, they they did the same thing. Um, You know, Dr. Beeper and Danny, I think, had the same amount of shots. And then um Doc, and then uh, Smales, Judge Smales and uh, Danny, I'm sorry, Dr. Beeper and Ty had the same amount of shots and whatnot. Anyway, long story short, I believe there's some debate online that it's actually a tie, but because Rodney Dangerfield changed the terms of the bet, that's why it came down to that. I don't know. Basically, you know, I don't want to look too much into it, whatever. But um, yeah. Oh, and then, of course, the very end of the movie when Rodney Dangerfield shouts, hey, everybody, we're all going to get laid. I'm like, How does that work? <laughs> You know, because the only way you can do that is you got money. You're going to be buying people. So <laughs> you're gonna be buying services. That's the only way. But everybody cheers anyway. I mean, it's like, okay, I don't know. Some of those caddies, I don't think are going to have much luck. But <laughs> Especially some of the, I mean, some of those caddies are like 12. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah. yeah. Let's hope I they're mean, not there. Maybe, yeah. maybe they're at the pool. They could be at the pool. Hey, you know, maybe. I don't know. 
So how about you got anything you want to say about that? The ending there, the explosive finale? Yeah. Wow. I mean, there, there are, there are some people uh, on the internet with way too much time on their hands. Um, (laughs) I mean, I mean, the analysis, I mean, the deep in-depth analysis of the, of the final round there in Caddyshack. I mean, well, I mean, there's questionable golf throughout the, you know, entire movie. So um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, just just enjoy. <laughs> yeah, have fun with it. I was just just enjoy the good guys I... win, the bad guys if they're really bad guys lose. Whatever. Yeah, that's all I it mean... is. You want it smells to lose anyway. <laughs> so who cares if it ties the game or whatnot? But anyway, yeah, that was fun. Oh, and um, just uh, last, of course, after the explosion, uh, similar to when the um, bishop was shocked uh, <laughs> by lightning, uh, Carl just sneaks off after he blows yeah. up the golf course <laughs> so that's carl force um anyway uh so yeah that's it the finale that's what i wanted to say so uh how about you you got any more we talked a, a little bit earlier about just how much gambling goes on in this movie i mean there's just i mean Chervik is right off the bat you know 50 bucks says you, 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 you slice it. And I mean, there's just all kinds of, you know, all throughout the movie. But I think my favorite example of that is, is <laughs> uh, uh, Loomis and the, and the caddies and everybody betting on, on uh, Spalding's booger picking, which is just, <laughs> it's, it's one of those, this is, this is happens, uh, you know, at, after the, after the front nine uh, and, and everybody's taking their break there and, uh, and there's Spalding, uh, uh, the judge's uh, grandson mm-hmm. Spalding is there and he's just kind of like, you know, kind of hiding behind a post and, and uh, somebody, I don't even remember who it is. Start just says, uh, you know, 50 bucks says uh, the, 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 the kid picks his nose. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take that money. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And they're all <laughs> like the caddies are all like behind a shrub betting on whether, whether Spalding's going to pick his nose and sure enough, he picks his nose. And, you know, everybody gets their money and then and then uh, somebody else yells out hey, another 50 bucks that he eats it. And then, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I'll take that money, too. And, and then they're, they're, they're like cheering him on. It's like, come on, kid. You know, you want to come on, come on. <laughs> and there again, sure enough, Spalding eats the booger and <laughs> everybody gets their money. <laughs> but it's just crazy. <laughs> it's just crazy how much, you know, like some people will bet on anything and there you go. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I watched this a couple of times for the podcast here and actually I don't watch that scene. <laughs> I mean, it plays, but I don't look cause I think that's disgusting. I mean, I, you know, it plays and stuff. I just looked at it. I was like, I don't want to see that. I know. He, I know. He eats it, but, I don't see that. but yeah, it's uh, oh gosh, man. That, that was Not to mention, game. I mean, it's just like this, you know, this classy, you know, smells and his, you know, his classy, you know, snobby family and you just watch this kid pick his nose and eat it <laughs> oh yeah yeah well, that's oh Spal- god spalding character he's just spalding yeah, oh, gosh. Oh, gosh you can just go on for him but yeah when they were done golfing i guess earlier in the movie he goes up to the little snack shack and he's like i want a cheeseburger and no i want french fries and i want a hot dog and you'll get nothing oh <laughs> 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 like, uh, oh and he's a kid that that pukes in the car too because yeah. he drinks, he's drinking all the little brandies or whatever, and yeah. drinks one with a cigarette butt in it. <laughs> uh, and then hurls in, in Dr. Beeper's car. I forgot who car Dr. Beeper's was. car. Dr. Beeper's. Um, oh, I hope I didn't take one of your notes. I don't know. I just no, 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 no. Talking just... about the gambling, yeah. I've, um, 
forgot when we met Al. Yeah, we said he was betting the judge whether, you know, hey, I bet you a slicer went up. But when he comes up to the tee, he actually says to his his golf party there, he's like, okay, place your bets, place your bets. Yeah. <laughs> and Lou Loomis earlier in the caddy shack, he's talking to his bookie on the phone. He's like, I'll take the Mets and I'll take this. <laughs> so it's yeah. Like, yeah, man, everybody's got, except for Smales, he's a judge, but <laughs> everybody's got some serious gambling stuff going on. Yeah, but oh my gosh, yeah, no, that was a good scene. You got any else, anything else to say about that? You good? No, I think that I think that covers it. All right, now let's move on. I don't think some... we want to. We don't want to talk about Booker's much more. So yeah, yeah let's, let's move let's on. Not. Let's not. <laughs> no. Oh my gosh, I, I hope I never do um, Revenge of the Nerds because there's a character name. Oh Booker. man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, let's do. Uh, let's move on to other notes, shall we? Um, I just have. Uh, I have a couple. Um, the Noonans, a very Catholic family. Now we know we have the bishop in this, uh, and there's a, there's actually Maggie who we didn't talk about too much. She uh, she seems to be Catholic as well because I think there's a reference later. I think I have that as one of my quotes, but yeah, she references uh, being Catholic later. I think there's so many kids in the Noonan household that uh, the dad doesn't know what kid's sitting at the table beside him. Turns out it's his nephew. <laughs> But and I think there's a there's a big cross on the wall. But oh my gosh, very very Catholic family. I think with all those yeah. How many kids around. are there? Like nine, ten? Like only two bathrooms, <laughs> one bathroom. It's like my gosh, oh my gosh. But that was the '80s too. You know, houses weren't built with a bunch of bathrooms back then. You just had to share, man. Um, another note I have is Lacey Underall. She gets around a bit, man. Uh, <laughs> and her favorite hobbies include skinny skiing. And going to bullfights on acid. <laughs> so uh, she's a very interesting, interesting character. I liked it. She kind of her. I don't know. She I, seemed a lot older at the end of the movie when she was more on like team tie. You know, it seemed like because she did end up having. You know, I think I guess she got high and she did up ha- having uh, a liaison, if you will, for with uh, with Danny. Um, which I also that's another note I have, but. Um, so she, yeah, there, and then she's smoking pot with these other guys, and then, well, that's why they sent her out of New York. She was from New York, I think, and she said, Daddy sent me here to, to broaden me. <laughs> broaden me. <laughs> um, but she certainly has a good time at the country club, I think. Uh, yeah, sorry, it's funny that, um, that I was going to say, it's funny, because, like, I, I, on my rewatch here, I, I you know, I, I'm like, how old is this? How old is this girl? Because, like, yeah, she's like all about Danny's, and then she's with Ty, and Ty's clearly older. Yeah, you know, and it's oh like, gosh. oh my gosh, like. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just resting easy that she's in her early twenties. That's what I'm resting yeah. easy. So, um, let's see. Uh, oh, and Danny Noonan, not a great guy after all. Cheated on Maggie, maybe. Uh, open relationship? Question mark. I don't know, but those kind of ties on the Lacey Underall thing. How, you <laughs> yeah. know, it seemed like him and Maggie they were really tight, and then you know they kind of threw that little thing in there. Maybe a bit unnecessary, but whatever. Hey, it was coming off the seventies into the eighties. I know there's a lot of free love going on. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, the dancing gopher steals the show. Um, I don't think we said enough about the gopher right now, but uh, he, of course, that brings in, I don't want to say offers for young viewers because young viewers shouldn't watch this, but the dancing <laughs> gopher actually yeah. is good for, uh, it's good for everybody. I got a kick out of seeing him, uh, seeing him there. He does a little jig, the beginning of the movie, the ending of the movie. And then the, when they're um, at the, uh, uh, like the dinner party, whatnot, and the, the slow music is playing. The band's playing the slow music. They cut out to the golf course, and there's a little groundhog doing his slow little, <laughs> slow little jig there. 
and my last note is just the sequel worth seeing question mark did you did you see that tom um you know i i, I think it's i think legally you have to refer to it as the much maligned sequel it's uh it yeah i mean well if you can if you can watch it separately and not think okay this is the sequel to caddyshack it's funny it's not caddyshack Mm. um you know i think they tried really hard uh to to kind of capture you know uh, the, the you know the originals you know craziness but i think they went over over the top on it uh and i think the characters both the characters weren't developed well enough and i don't think that they were acted as well as as you know what was done here with caddyshack yeah, I haven't uh, I haven't seen it, but I, I just had curiosity. I was looking on IMDb. I see Chevy Chase does come back as Ty Webb. Does he have a? a he's part, like a cameo. Yeah, he's a cameo, figure. really. Um, you know, it's mostly it's mostly Robert Stack. Who, honestly, I, I, you know, if anybody, if I can say anybody did a good job, I would say Robert Stack in in the sequel was kind of the high note. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he did really well in a comedic role that I. I would not have expected Roberts to see Robert Stack in, uh, but Jackie Mason was way over the top. Um, in a good way. In a bad way. In a bad way. In a bad way, and and then uh, <laughs> good old good old Randy Quaid is way over the top as 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 uh, as uh, Jackie Mason's lawyer, uh, just way over the top in a bad way. And oh, I th- I think you know. But it's 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 just way over the top, and it's it's not Caddyshack. But I mean, if you can, you know, it's 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 funny on its own, but you can't go in thinking like, oh wow, this is you know Caddyshack sequel. Yeah, yeah. I think that yeah, mm. uh, worth seeing. I think yeah, I'd say if you haven't seen it, because then you can appreciate you know how much how great the original mm-hmm. Caddyshack really is. I can't imagine appreciating it anymore, but I feel like I, I should at <laughs> least give it a, give it a try. I don't know. I don't know if I can even find it, but I might give it a try at some point. I don't think I'll be podcasting on it though. Um, let's, let's move. So those are all my notes. Do you want to <laughs> yeah. go on? Uh, I think you got some notes here. Why don't you talk about that? Yeah. And I think, you know, one, one thing that, uh, you know, when you talk Caddyshack, you know, there's, you know, oh yeah, Chevy Chase and, and uh, Bill Murray and, but I think just in general, I think Ted Knight is just such an underrated comic genius. I mean, you know, we, we talked a little bit about what he did before, you know, with the Mary Tyler Moore show. And uh, he had another, you know, the Ted Knight show, which lasted, I think, all of three episodes. But um, that would, that came after Caddyshack. But uh, and then he goes into Too Close for Comfort, which, mm-hmm. you know, he runs that that runs for six years. Mm-hmm. Um but he's just, and, and and by the way, by the way, Damien, your 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 Ted Knight is uh, impression is spot on. I mean, you've got that, you've got that nail. I have a little bit of. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, I thank my dad for that. You know, introducing me to uh, to probably Ted Knight. Uh, my dad would do a good Ted Knight impression, but yes. But he just has that. I mean, you know, he can play a straight man in a in a comedy, and his his timing is just perfect. Uh, his mannerisms, you know, the, his, he's got the physical comedy thing going on and, and, and the end scene, you know, you know, the explosive finale. And, and, and at that point, you know, Judge Smales is, is, you know, can't believe he's in this position. He, you know, he could possibly lose this, 
you know, he's, you know, betted on, on, you know, he's got a wager going on this, on this game and just nobody loses their mind on screen better than Ted Knight. I mean, he <laughs> is just completely lost it by the final hole. And uh, that just one of those, you know, you know, again, another quotable line, you know, well, <laughs> we're waiting. It's <laughs> just, is just so classic and i i can hear i can hear him say it i can see this this crazed look in his in his eyes as he's saying that line it's just i mean he's just phenomenal he's just phenomenal as the judge in this role uh talk about you know you know chevy chase in 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 the role of ty webb i think a lot of times you know he kind of falls into chevy chase playing chevy chase um he just you know has that you know, or 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 he, or he falls into the uh, you know his his Gerald Ford impression sometimes in this role, um, but he he just has a lot of that, just off the wall, not crazy, not the you know the the, the kind of the the crazy Bill Murray stuff, but uh, just kind of just out there off the cuff Chevy Chase stuff that Chevy Chase is just so famous for. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he brought a lot to that. And um, I just really thought it was funny that the uh, Dr. Beeper's name is Dr. Beeper, um, <laughs> especially in 1980, you know, that I think the beepers were, were fairly, you know, I mean, that was a very doctor thing mm -hmm. oh, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, in the 80s. And, and it's really funny. We, you know, we talk about, you know, some of the comedy doesn't hold up and, you know, it doesn't hold up because, you know, we don't live in, the 1980s anymore um and things have become you know really you know politically correct and you know for better or for worse but um you know one of the one of the uh interesting conflicts in the movie is the you know the the nunzio and the and the noonan conflict and they mm -hmm. they're kind of back and forth and at each other and and it's kind of got that like you know italian versus irish thing which you know isn't really like a thing anymore but definitely was mm -hmm. uh, back at that time. I mean, you know, I mean, I think that, you know, we were probably really just kind of coming out of the, you know, you had like the Italian church and the Irish church and the Polish church and the, you know, um, kind of just coming out of that, that point, uh, you know, in America, mm -hmm. but it was definitely a thing. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, the, the Irish, you know, didn't like the Italians, didn't like the Polish, didn't like, you know, I mean, it was a lot of that that kind of uh, conflict between different, uh, you know, nationalities, you know, of Americans. Oh yeah. Back then, that 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 I think is, you know, I guess it, you know it doesn't hold up well just because you know, it just it, it's not like that anymore, which is interesting. Yeah, uh, just going back to Chevy Chase real quick. One of my other, um, I had a a, a backup scene. To ready uh, just in case you you pick one of mine <laughs> um but the uh i'm not going to go into it too much but just the uh, when he and bill murray are together in carl shack that's like that's the only time they interact and again i think i mentioned i, I heard that a lot of times they, they went off strip uh, off script which i think a lot of you know comedians do in their roles a little bit and that kind of adds even more humor to the film and a lot of directors let it go to a point as long as it doesn't get out of hand, but those two guys, oh my gosh, that sequence, Chevy Chase, he's trying to play it 
smooth yet really uncomfortable <laughs> and and bill murray is just you know playing carl the way he plays carl just kind of down in his luck assistant groundskeeper i don't want to use the term loser because that's kind of harsh but i mean just looks where he's living and stuff and like ty kind of offhandedly you know insults where he's living and everything <laughs> but um again a lot of the drug use in this <laughs> um carl grows his own grass um like to both to, both to play on for golf and to smoke uh and he offers it to tie and he's just there like to him cannonball cannonball <laughs> it's just like oh my gosh this is hilarious these two and chevy chase is just gagging oh my gosh but yeah no um i'm with you on the dr beeper and the uh denunzio and of course we had a very irish maggie who we didn't talk about too much um oh and you want to talk i mean you know the noonans you know they they were kind of like that that stereotypical irish catholic family with the 15 kids and all of that but the the <laughs> maggie maggie and uh and the uh the irish accent was was like what <laughs> yeah i really don't know why they didn't have to go that route but yeah and yeah, that actress but they, I but they up, did she act that actress only has like four credits she was in animal house and she came back for this i don't know if she did any more after it and i don't know if it was yeah. a personal choice i mean i'm hoping she didn't get a lot of backlash you know because of you know that <laughs> character she played you know how it was kind of like annoying with the accent and everything i you know i hope she didn't feel she didn't have it cut out for acting because I mean you don't want to go by one role but yeah you know, who knows I, I i don't know maybe i'll i'll go and i'll do some hunting to find out uh what's up with that whatever happened to her so you know um, it's really funny it's a, you you had mentioned one other thing you had mentioned the um uh you know the, the noonan's a very catholic family and then the bishop and it's funny the bishop is actually a lutheran bishop yeah yeah lutheran bishop um because there's a scene in in the movie where where the bishop's talking to danny and and he's, you know, say, oh yeah, we've, you know, I, I spend a lot of time with the, with the, the young folks, you know, at the, at the youth center. And he's, oh, Noonan, are, are you Catholic? And it's like, Dave, he's like, yeah, I'm Catholic. He's, oh, you can't come then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's move on to quotes here. Why don't you go ahead and start? You got a couple. I got a couple. So go ahead and start. Yeah, I, it's, it's one of those, the first, first scenes with, uh, with Cervic and, uh, he comes in and he's buying his 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 friend there all of the stuff and he, he looks takes a look at the hat and you know he says uh you know well this is the worst looking hat i've ever saw what when you buy a hat like this a free bowl of soup and you know there's you know judge you know smales you know in the background who's wearing the exact same hat and then you know Jervic kind of looks over his shoulder sees you know the judge has the same hat on and just kind of gives it like rolls his eyes like oh it looks good on you though yeah <laughs> yeah oh my gosh rodney dangerfield man he was like bringing in so much of his stand-up i think oh, when gosh. i can't, went to, to any of his roles and i i, I so wanted to watch easy money after this because that's all rodney dangerfield oh god and yeah. joe pesci a very young joe pesci <laughs> i don't know about how young but joe pesci's in it he's a good he's a good best friend in that um i recommend i recommend easy money to anybody oh, yeah. who can who can stand watching rundy dangerfield again i'm not up to date on that hopefully there's not too much inappropriate humor but uh i just know uh he cracks me up sometimes with some of the one-liners he gives i'll go to well you know what we're talking about al so let me give my al quote there's a bunch but you get <laughs> they're at the dinner and he's not he he's at his table and he's making everybody you know laugh at the table just about everything telling a story about his his work and whatnot and then he hate he hates the dinner and maggie comes over to fill his water and he's like oh 
you know, tell the chef, you know, his food tastes like dog food or something like that. And uh, he goes to the table and says, the steak still has marks where the jockey was hitting it. And my one guy actually like spits out his water or something. I was like, oh my gosh, that is hilarious. You can tell he probably used that in one of his stand-up routines or he just made it up right there. Oh, it was just hilarious. Oh my gosh. Uh, good old Al. So uh, why don't you go ahead and do another one? Sure. So um, this is again towards the beginning and we're just kind of, you know, meeting all the characters and uh, this is the locker room scene and uh, Judge Smales is talking to to Ty and he's, uh, you know, obviously, you know, Ty is, you know, you know, been the, uh, you know, kind of the, 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 the resident pro, I would say, is, is kind of Ty's, Ty's role here. And, uh, you know, Judge Smales says, you know, you know, uh, you want to you should play with Dr. Beeper and myself. I mean, he's been club champion for three years running and I'm no slouch myself. And Ty comes in with just a fantastic insult, just totally plays it just very straight and says, don't sell yourself short judge. You're a tremendous slouch. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, man. He just, the Chevy chase. And I just wonder how much they come up with off the fly, man. Oh my yeah. goodness. He said something else to him earlier about, you know, um, smells. I was asking him about, uh, uh, how do you compare yourself with other? How do you judge yourself to other? How does he word it? How do you judge yourself to other golfers? Oh well, yeah, how, Ty. Because how do you measure? Had, how do you measure? Yeah, how do you measure yourself up? Yeah, yeah. How do you measure yourself up to other golfers? By height. <laughs> um, that was not one of my quotes, people. But I just had to squeeze it in there. Uh, quick one, Carl. How about uh, he says so many things. You know, he just is hell bent on killing that gopher. And anytime you cut to Carl trying to, to working on the gopher, you know, Bill Murray just busting out something hilarious but he's when he's sitting in his shack and he's getting like his i guess he's cleaning his rifle or something and he's like <laughs> talking about the varmint and he's like a varmint will never quit they're like the Viet Cong, varmint Kong. <laughs> i heard that i rewound it i was like did he say varmint Kong?" and he said that. i was like oh my goodness and how can he say that with a straight face because that's actually hilarious uh all right give me your next one so yeah i again carl just you know spackler is just amazing uh and so you know he's got that that really long uh uh monologue where he's talking about uh caddying for the dalai lama and, and i mean it's it just goes on forever and ever but just you know wrapping up the at the very end so he's you know so we finish 18 he's gonna stiff me uh and i say you know hey lama hey how about a little something for you know the effort and, and he says uh Oh, there won't there won't be any money, but when you die, on your deathbed, you will receive total consciousness. So I got that going for me, which is nice. And, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> and the whole time he has a pitchfork to that kid's neck. pitchfork to the kid's throat. He <laughs> looks really scared. And honestly, I have to wonder if that kid was like, if that was an actual reaction, because he looked <laughs> terrified. Like I got this pit. You know, yeah. I don't know. Oh, that was you funny. Know. <laughs> you know, I was there. I was a, I was a looper. That was looper. Yeah, yeah looper. You know, caddy. Looper. <laughs> Yo, a jock. <laughs> um oh, uh, i'll gosh. do another one i talked a little bit about maggie uh, and i think she's catholic um because when 
she uses an interesting euphemism when they're sitting mm. out front, her and Danny. And she says, why don't you come in and help me sort out my my holy cards? I messed that up and said prayer cards. My holy cards. And I'm my not holy. really trying to do an Irish accent. I think I'm trying to sound like her doing an Irish accent, which yeah. is even worse. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, to come in and sort my holy cards. Next scene, they're in bed half naked. <laughs> um, okay, go ahead for your other one. And it's and it's funny because uh, this this you know quote kind of plays with some of the, the accents in the in this movie too. And you've got uh, you got Danny who's uh, kind of holding the holding the fort down at the at the caddy shack while uh, while uh, Loomis has gone off gone off to do some betting. And uh, you know uh, Tony Denunzio comes up and you know he's you know looking to get paid and finally he's like you know give me a coke. Okay, Danny's okay. One Coke, and he hands over a bottle of Coke, and Denunzio's handed over, you know, a, a dollar bill, and Danny hands him the the Coke and fifty cents, and Denunzio's like, "Hey, wait a minute, this is only fifty cents." It's like, "Yeah, well, Lou raised the price of Coke because he's been losing at the track." It's like, "Well, I ain't paying no fifty cents for no Coke," and Danny, you know, starts you know mocking mocking his accent. He's like, "Well, then you ain't getting no Coke." know what i'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> and then he pays for it later because then Lou shows and then he and pays he, for it later he yeah to, he has to go out and trying to get out of it oh it's too much and then my last one real quick uh i talk about this movie is so quotable like every day how many times have you been to mini golf or regular <laughs> golf and gone so i had to put that as one of my and trying to type that out here i was oh. like hmm, how would i do that so i just kind of have a little something there a bunch of little consonants there repeats of n's and a's and d's and a's and n's and u's so yeah good old chevy d's <laughs> then he misses the last one <laughs> all right we're good with quotes let's move on to take me back all right, so this is when we go and we try to pick something out of the movie that says, man, that's like totally 80s. That reminds me of the 80s. The 80s was all about that. Not all of our movies have it. Um, the past couple of movies I've done have been extremely difficult. Um, but this one is not so bad. It, it's barely 80s. It's more late, late 70s. In fact, it was probably filmed mm. in 79, I'm thinking. But um, I'm going to go with I'm All Right by Kenny Loggins, because um, as the 80s progressed, that became one of the more iconic 80s movie theme theme songs. Just I know going throughout the 80s, that was a pretty popular song. Anytime it would come out, you would uh, you'd picture the gopher dancing and you would picture Caddyshack for sure. So that's going to be my take me back moment. How about you, Tom? You got one? Yeah, and and I love that. Yeah, Kenny Loggins is the king of the 80s soundtracks. I mean, he 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 had the. Uh, uh, well, Caddyshack, you know, then they, he did the, you know, Top Gun. Danger Zone, yeah. Uh, Danger Zone. Uh, I mean, he was just all over. And he actually, he actually uh, did a, the, the track for uh, Caddyshack, too, um, yeah, as well. Yeah, I think the song did better than the movie. I'm absolutely certain <laughs> it did. I think I remember the song, but I, I never saw the movie. Uh, but um, but I, I think I think what what takes me back here is the cast of this movie. Um, I mean, this this I mean, this movie represents 80s comedy with, you know, you got Rodney Dangerfield, Chevy Chase, Bill Murray and, 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 and the Murrays, which, you know, we did mention, you know, Brian Doyle and and, and John Murray, uh, both both in this movie. Uh, Ted Knight, you know, they were the they were the powerhouse comedic talents in, in the 1980s. 
and and uh, and then you you know you look at you know behind the camera you got you know Harold Ramis, you know again just another giant of eighties comedy. When you look, I mean, you know he you know you've got Stripes, there's Ghostbusters. I mean, you know it was just so much, just a microcosm of eighties comedy, and they put it in one movie. It's just yeah, I mean it just screams eighties when you see this thing. I agree, a hundred percent. Yeah, going forward, like I said, this is this came out in eighty. But going forward, and I have a lot of those other movies that you mentioned uh, on my list, hopefully to cover. And so it's going to be nice to, to run into these these uh, comedic actors again. So moving on to going forward from this movie, we're going to jump to the Where Are They Now segment. Ooh, I have a couple here. Uh, Tom, did you want to read anything? Yeah, let me go ahead and I'll, I'll hit on Chevy Chase here. He okay, uh, Feel free to add anything if, if there's something I overlooked. Go ahead. He went on then after uh, this to go play uh, Fletch uh, in, in, you know, Fletch, which is probably one of his greatest roles. Uh, he just did phenomenal in that one. Uh, of course, Clark W. Griswold in the, in the you know, vacation uh, series of movies continued on, uh, you know, SNL. Lately, he's got a, a credit for King Karoth in uh, Panda vs. Aliens. And looks like he's got some upcoming projects uh, coming as well with uh, Ogilvy Fortune and Federal Offense. Pretty cool. Yeah, we said that he definitely moved on and was one of the more successful comedic actors of the 80s and then going into the 90s. And then I think, you know, once you start, everybody started moving to TV and like cameo appearances. So I think you'll, his IMDb credits are just riddled with with random appearances, either as himself or just playing little cameo roles in, in, in lots of different things. But I just tried to pick out some of the more popular ones and what he's doing now. Uh, I'm going to move on to Bill Murray. Uh, as we know, Carl, he went on to a huge career appearing in films like Lost in Translation, where he won the Oscar for Best Actor and Golden Globe for Best Performance by an Actor. Uh, and then he was also in Rushmore, Groundhog Day, and countless more films and TV appearances and cameos. He has two movies slated for release this year, 2021, The French Dispatch. And he's going to be reprising a role from the 80s in a movie I'm really excited for. And that is Ghostbusters Afterlife. I'm thinking that's going to be uh, the first modern day movie I'm going to cover. Uh, I think we're going to tackle ghostbusters then we'll probably uh dive into i don't know if we can get ghostbusters 2 in before but i think our, that's going to be our first modern movie here on watched in the 80s is going to be ghostbusters afterlife uh, i'm pretty excited about that uh let's move on to michael o'keefe you want to read that one sure yeah michael uh went on to a nice career uh mostly tv series uh he appeared in roseanne law and order the og Criminal Intent, SVU, Sneaky Pete, uh, most recently appeared in uh, City on the Hill, and uh, just released movie called uh, Things Heard and Seen. I've not heard anything about that, nor have I seen it yet, so I'd be curious to check that one out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he, he another one who made a, a huge circuit on, yeah, he was, uh, I never saw him, not that big into law and order every once in a while i'll sit and get wrapped into a marathon but he showed up on quite a few law and order episodes i know i wasn't familiar with sneaky pete but i know he he had a recurring role on that and city on a hill i think that only had like 18 i don't know if it's still playing or it's still playing i don't know if it's still on but city on a hill uh, is that the one with kevin bacon i think you know i think you're right yeah yeah um i think 
I think it has like 18 episodes total. So I don't know if that's done or just one season or whatever. I don't know. But he was in like maybe almost half of those episodes. So he must have a pretty significant character there. Um, last, I'm going to talk about, well, not last. Uh, I think I have two more people to talk about. Cindy Morgan, uh, she appeared, uh, who played Lacey, of course, appeared in Tron <laughs> as Laura slash Yori. And then primarily made the TV circuit to the 80s and 90s. But she hasn't done much since 1995. So it looks like between this and, and Tron, which was very early 80s, her career kind of just slowed a bit. But she was on a lot of shows like uh, Matlock and Chips, I think. Um, just hitting all these. Uh, oh, The Love Boat, maybe. I don't know if that was before this or after this. But yeah, she just kind of started making appearances here and there. Why don't you finish us off with, uh, with Denunzio? <laughs> Denunzio, played by Scott Columby. Uh, went on to the Porky's franchise from this, uh, then uh, mostly TV as well. Uh, it seems like his uh, career slowed down a bit after that, uh, but uh, looks like he does have a current uh, project he's just finished uh, called All of It Happened on a Thursday, where he plays Alligator Swanson. That that sounds yeah, like that's listed as check out. Yeah, that's listed as completed, but he doesn't have... Or he not he but they don't have a release for it hmm. so i don't know i guess there's post-production maybe or it's already completed post-production who knows how covid might have slowed it up to i have no idea so um but yeah hopefully that comes out if it's completed i imagine it's going to be released somehow some way yeah I th- you know i wanted to say about him real quick uh he goes on to the porky's franchise um wouldn't it have been funny if he like he was still denunzio they should have done that they should have done that but they weren't thinking uh, they weren't thinking back then but i'm sure they could have made it happen now we're going to move on to one of my it's coming my, becoming my favorite segment almost uh it's called at the box office why don't you read us some details so uh at the box office for its opening weekend domestically that was uh july 27th 1980 uh the film grossed 3.1 million dollars and uh, overall ended up grossing uh, 39.8 million. Yeah, and I think that put it, I saw two different settings or setting two different places. I think it was in 17th overall in 1980. And also I saw 19th overall. Uh, uh, so I'm not too sure which one is actually uh, more accurate. But there were ten, tons of other movies that were, that, that came ahead of it. Now it was, um, it was second in the box office from what I saw. And, and I mentioned before I use box office mojo and the numbers slash box office when I look up some stuff. And um, there was a, a pretty significant uh, blockbuster who had already been out for, for several weeks. Let's see, this was late July. Uh, the one uh, that was first that week, Tom, it did come out in late May, actually Memorial Day. And it was still pulling in, like, I think it was about, eight or nine million this weekend domestically uh do you have any idea what it might have been a movie that could still be number one after like two months man and i've been sitting here trying to think uh it was a 1980 it was a sequel i'll give you a hint it was a sequel it was a sequel it was the second in a very long franchise it was the second man um how um, Empire Strikes Back. That Bingo. was 1980, right? Ding, ding, yeah. Ding, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. You win a prize. You can come, you can come <laughs> back. You can come hey, back. Hey, yay! <laughs> if you fail, then forget about it. No, no. Yeah, man, that thing was still man. <laughs> Movies they last oh, so long back then, huh? I guess there weren't that oh. many of them, and there weren't that other 
there were no streaming services or anything. If you wanted to see a movie, you went to see it. So by that time, everybody was still, I mean, of course you, you see Empire Strikes Back multiple times too. I'm sure my older brothers and sisters tell me stories of how they would, you know, mom would drop them off at the movie theater and they would just be there in the summer during the day for like two or three hours and just keep, you know, going to see the movie over and over and over again. <laughs> so I'm thinking Empire, that's probably why it was raking in all that money because all these kids could go when school was out and go see it. Well, that again, I mean, there wasn't a whole lot. There, the, the home video market, you know, in 1980 wasn't really strong yet. I mean, you didn't have, um, you know, and if you did, it was there were few and far between video stores where you could rent. I mean, it was mm -hmm. that was pretty that was pretty, uh, uh, you know, in, in its infancy. I would think in 1980. So, if you wanted to see the movie, you went to the movie theater and you saw it there. Yeah, I'm sure very few people had the had the home movie options back then. I think it was strictly movie theaters at that point in the 80s. And now it's time for listener feedback. We have two bits of feedback this week, both from Facebook. And both quotes, uh, Tom and I mentioned that this is a very quotable movie, and some people agree. So here we are. First one is Jim on Facebook, and Jim writes, The only good varmint is a dead varmint. And that is a Carl quote, which everything Carl says is absolutely hilarious. You're spot on with that, Jim. Thanks for uh, giving some feedback. And our next one is from Lisa. This is also on Facebook. And Lisa simply writes, Noonan. Yeah, I had to say it like that, Lisa. And I'm sure you wanted me to. So uh, thanks for uh, chiming in. Very quotable uh, movie. Appreciate the feedback. And uh, anyone else wants to send feedback uh, for Caddyshack or anything else that we have done in the past or anything else upcoming, I will let you know how to do that in a bit. All right, well, let's move on to our uh, closing and send-off. It's time to wrap it up. So uh, I just want to thank my friend Tom here. I didn't mention earlier, but uh, when you do an 80s podcast, you want to bring in people that you knew in the 80s. And I happen to know Tom from the 80s. We actually met in first grade, so that was a long, long time ago. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, but I gave him, you know, I gave him and a couple of our buddies a shout out and said, hey, I'm doing this. And, and Tom said, sure, man, I love the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> so i'm sure we'll even uh you know i'm gonna bring him back uh you know there's some other movies he want to get he wants to get into so um want to thank I, you tom for coming and doing this well thank you very much for for inviting me this has been a blast hope, yeah i hope you had a good time i had a good time this was a fun one man this is <laughs> yeah. a, this is this is my first our first comedy you know i said this is episode three i've done chariots of fire and clash of the titans both movies from early from the 80s our next podcast uh we're jumping to the end of my friend andy is with me and we're going to be covering the abyss um so we're we're, we're gonna leave early 80s for a while we've done a couple pods in the early 80s so now we're gonna flash forward about nine years and uh, and cover the abyss there so um before we go, um, I just want to let you guys know how you can get a hold of us and send in feedback. Um, you can email us at watchedit80spodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook at watchedit80spodcast, on Instagram at watchedit80spodcast, and on Twitter at WIIT80SPodcast. 
All right. Well, hey, thanks for listening to Watched It in the 80s podcast. And I hope you enjoyed us covering Caddyshack. I'm Damien. I'm Tom. And until next time, remember you watched it in the 80s and you can watch it now. Yeah. <laughs> hey, everybody, we're going to get laid. <laughs> oh my gosh, I should leave that in. <laughs> I might leave that in. I might leave that in. Dude.